0: Everybody, welcome to Time Personified, a podcast about astrology and a little bit of history with me, Francesca Mamlin. I am coming to you the morning of the the lunar eclipse um, on January 10th of 2020. This is the very first full moon of the year. Um, it's the first lunation of the year and it is an eclipse, so pretty powerful energy. I don't know about you guys, but 2020 has really come in hot for me. (laughs) Like um, the events of the world have been just absolutely insane over the past 10 days, as well as major shifts and transformations happening in my own life. Uh, 2020 is shaping up to be a year of really powerful energy. And I have been fully embracing Capricorn season by waking up really early every morning, even on the weekends, and doing a meditation and yoga practice. And that has also turned into me kind of working a little bit every day. Uh, Maybe not putting in a full work day, but um, I've been really embracing the disciplined, um, consistency of Capricorn. And that has, for me, brought my year off to a really good start. And I'm hoping that wherever you are listening to this podcast, I hope that you're feeling that 2020 is getting off to a good start for you as well. And now we are in this lunar eclipse. I feel like we're stepping back from the, the, um, New Year energy, the disciplined, um, goal-oriented Capricorn energy to shift into its polarity of, um, of Cancer, which Cancer is that Divine Mother of the Zodiac. It's the um, nurturing feminine energy. And we talked a bit about Cancer energy when I read Adam Schiff's birth chart in the first episode of this podcast which i recorded on the solar eclipse um, in capricorn and so what i said about cancer is that um as the mother of the zodiac cancer is often stereotyped as being that like really sweet nurturing feminine um like kind of gentle energy but i think what we're, we often forget about cancer energy is that cancer is the crab. Cancer is mothers and mothers, yes, have their can be sweet and gentle and nurturing, but they can also lift cars um, if they need to for their children um, or for those that they love. And that's another side of cancer is that really badass mama bear, protective, Kind of energy. It's also it's the crab also. If a crab gets a hold of you with their little pinchers, it's not something I recommend. They don't let go very easily. Um, and the we've been moving through 2019 with the North Node and Cancer. We've been experiencing eclipses in the Cancer Capricorn polarity. And what it has brought is this massive return to the heart. And I really feel that. In this lunar eclipse. It's this one last push, um, one last reminder in 2020 um, to return to your heart. Um, are your New Year's resolutions and goals really coming from your heart? Or are they maybe motivated by external Capricorn things? Not that there's anything wrong with Capricorn, it's just we currently have our south node in Capricorn, which means that we're maybe um, exploring how we can let go of some of the shadows of Capricorn. And then after this eclipse cycle, we aren't going to have any more eclipses in this can- in these Cancer Capricorn signs um, for quite some time, because over the summer, the nodes are going to shift into Gemini and Sagittarius, and our eclipses are going to be in those two signs. And I'm going to have a lot to say about that, when summer arrives but for now let's step back and talk about what a lunar eclipse actually is because some of you may be sitting there and thinking okay um what is a lunar eclipse and that is a valid question um from an astronomical perspective a lunar eclipse is when the earth blocks the light from the sun um blocks the light from traveling to the sun to the moon, basically the earth crosses between the sun and the moon. And this um, lunar eclipses always happen during full moons, just as solar eclipses always happen during new moons. And basically what you see when you look up at a lunar eclipse is you see a full moon turn red. And I strongly recommend that you, try and see one of these. The next one in the United States is going to be in um, I think 2024, but if you are anywhere other than North America today, then you will get an opportunity to see this lunar eclipse. I got to see the lunar eclipse at the beginning of 2019 and it literally felt like a dream. I think that like lunar eclipses are so cool because um, Yeah, they're just they have it. There's like this eerie feeling that comes with seeing a full moon like turn blood red, and I love it. (laughs) I hope that, um, since I'll be spending a lot of time in Asia and Europe this year, I get to catch a lunar eclipse this year as well. But basically, when you are seeing the moon turn red, what you're actually seeing is the shadow of the earth cast on the moon um, which is mind-blowing <laughs> like you're looking at the moon and you're seeing the shadow of of your planet uh, which is I I just love I science is really cool <laughs> um, solar eclipses often get more attention because they happen during the day when everybody's awake and they're dramatic because the sun disappears from the sky for a brief moment. Um, and throughout history, um, solar eclipses were really feared. Um, they were associated with like a dragon or some kind of being swallowing the sun. Um, and a lot of there's stories throughout ancient history of, of cultures, like, you know, throwing, um, weapons up at the sky and trying to save the sun and um, it's an intense experience to see a solar eclipse and um, lunar eclipses only happen at night they only happen when the full moon is is rising which you never see a full moon during the day because the moon um, when it's full is directly opposite the sun. So it always it's always rising above the horizon at sunset and then it's in the sky all day Um, and then it sets at sunrise when the moon is full. Um, When the moon is in its um, first and I can't really do the math in my head right now but it's either the first quarter or the third quarter that you can see the moon during the day. Anyway, that's a little bit off topic, and it's really not even astrology. (laughs) This is astronomy, Um, but astronomy is the child of astrology, so it makes sense to talk about this a bit, um, to give a bigger picture of what it is that we're experiencing. And I think that working with a lunar eclipse, um, from a spiritual perspective, is a way to tune into the collective shadow, because literally what you are seeing is... The shadow of the world reflected on the moon. And what I'm kind of tapping into here is the idea of um, there being a collective consciousness, which I think this is kind of at least common knowledge or like common belief in modern day. Uh, The idea that we're all individual expressions of some larger consciousness some like you know some may refer to it as god some may refer to it as the universe like but we're all um little individual manifestations and we're all connected to this collective consciousness if you are more if you're interested in like digging more into this idea what i would really recommend is that you dive into the works of carl jung and joseph campbell because they they, the, both of them are, 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 pa- are dead, they've passed on, and they both spent their entire lives exploring the idea of the collective consciousness um, and exploring it through mythology. And, you know, if, you are, if you're an astrologer, if you are um, on a spiritual path of any kind, those two works are really staples in understanding the kind of work um, that is needed uh, from a spiritual perspective here on Earth in the, what are we, in the third millennium? Um, anyway, as I mentioned in the first episode of Time Personified, Donald Trump was born during a lunar eclipse. So he is the embodiment of America's collective shadow, uh, maybe even embodiment of humanity's collective shadow. And that doesn't mean anyone born during a lunar eclipse is going to be Donald Trump. <laughs> Um, because I don't think that, um, I don't think it's anybody's destiny to be evil. (laughs) I think that, um, Donald Trump's soul, uh, has a lot of pain and has a lot of darkness. And I generally believe that we created him. Um, we, we created a society, um, that someone like Donald Trump, could live their whole life um, the way that he lived, um, with greed and um, heartless ambition, because there can be heart ambition, but he has heartless ambition and um, deep, deep selfishness. And we created a society where he can live his whole life and um, get his way, basically, by being the way that he is and get into power, which is why... We must face him and transmute this shadow and transmute this darkness. Um, And that's really the dance that we're in right now. But if you are born, if you happen to be somebody who was born during an eclipse, don't take that as a message that you're like evil or anything or that you're anything like Donald Trump. Um, He has embodied his eclipse in this way. This is the path that his soul, or not even that his soul, this is the path that his human self decided to take with his soul's blueprint. Um, But in the first weeks of this decade, um, we're definitely bringing the collective shadow to the forefront. I mean, at the time that I'm recording this, um, I haven't checked the news quite yet today, but it looks like there is likely some kind of war breaking out between the united states and iran um, i'll have to find out after i finish recording if that situation has escalated or not hopefully not um, the war if there is a war um, that happens it will 100 percent be caused by trump and his incompetence as a president and his obsession with all of the wrong things um yeah um i'm I'm not gonna get too much into that or i'm gonna start to get angry (laughs) um we're also gearing up for an impeachment which it seems like we've kind of forgotten about that but that is still happening um and 2020 is going to be one of the most important election elections in the history of the united states um and also australia is on fire so um The relationship that we have with our planet has really been suffering over the past very long time, over the past several hundred years. And that kind of stuff is coming to the surface now as well. And this is intense. 2020 is intense already. And I want to just kind of honor that and honor that Um, intense things are happening in the world and there are probably intense things happening in your own life I've been talking to people who have really been experiencing this eclipse in uh, it's been really hitting their chart hard and they've been having really big experiences uncomfortable experiences so I want to honor if this is intense for you in an individual level who I'm here for you and just trust that um, whatever's happening is for your highest good and you're getting stronger and you're becoming more of who you're meant to be through this. 2020 is going to be a really big year for the United States which is why for this first lunar cycle I decided to really explore the current events of the United States and with, an, with a focus on fascism and if this is your first time listening to this podcast um. The way that Time Personified is structured is that I choose a new topic to explore every lunar cycle and it has something to do with um, whatever themes are happening astrologically. So um, over the next couple weeks I'm going to be wrapping up our politics and fascism discussion that I chose for the Cancer Capricorn eclipses and then I will be moving on to a new topic um, on the Aquarius new moon at the end of January. So every new moon is when I switch topics And it's my way of using the language of astrology to talk about anything and everything because astrology is a language and just like English or French or Japanese or, or Arabic you can use languages to express ideas and astrology is Just like any other language. I find it very appropriate to really start this year Um, with a discussion of um, politics, because an interest in politics is an interest in quality of life, and it's a topic that I do not see a lot of spiritual um, people talking about. In fact, I see a lot of spiritual people avoiding it. I think that's the exact opposite of what we're supposed to be doing. I think that spirituality only really works when it can be deeply applied to the real world, and when it can be used as a way to discuss ideas around quality of life and ideas around how we can become um, more equal in this world
1: down by the sea at the edge of the wall.
0: Like I was saying before, eclipses are associated with dragons because when eclipses occur, it appears as if something has swallowed the sun or the moon. In the mythology or the stories around, um, around it for a lot of different cultures, it was a dragon. Um, and the nodes, which the nodes are the points in the moon's orbit w- in which eclipses occur, um, they are always in opposite sides of the zodiac. And they are often referred to as, um, like a head and a tail of a dismembered dragon. So the North Node would be the head of the dragon and the South Node would be the tail. Um, And right now, the North Node is in Cancer, the head of the dragon is in Cancer, the tail of the dragon is in Capricorn. Um, And as I was um, talking about a few moments ago, we're moving towards the Cancer themes. We're moving towards embodying the divine mother and we're and we're releasing the shadows of Capricorn the shadows of um ex of the focus on the external and the focus on goals and career and public persona um, which these are not necessarily bad things but they're things that need to be explored and brought to a more balanced and um high vibrational state uh, right now. I recently purchased a dragon oracle deck, and I'm really into it. Um, I've been pulling a card, a dragon card every morning, right before I do my meditation, and then meditating on the dragon that comes up, um, which I think has brought me a lot of insight and really helped me understand what this eclipse cycle has meant for me. What I'd like to do right now is pull a card for us about this Cancer Capricorn eclipse. I'd like to ask it what lessons are left for us to learn about this Cancer Capricorn polarity before the nodes shift into Gemini and Sagittarius. So I'm going to pull a card for us and then I'm going to get into a discussion on the astrology of this eclipse so you're going to hear me shuffle the cards now and just focus on that and center yourself so that we can get a, a nice accurate um, collective reading that's in line for all of us and yeah let's do it. Okay, wow, I just pulled I just pulled the fire and water dragon, and it enables your life to flow with loving force. And the message is, prepare for change and to move forward quickly. Expect the unexpected, have fun. And what was I just saying about a return to the heart? Um, that's been in my opinion, deeply validated by this dragon card that just came up. And I will post a photo of this in the show notes on my website, so if you would like to see the image of the dragon, it will be there. And enabling your life to flow with loving force. I think about the ocean, and I think about water and the way that water flows, and it has so much force. And it's so cleansing. And Cancer is a water sign. Cancer um, is connected to the ocean. Just all the water signs are connected to the ocean. Um, And preparing for change and preparing to move forward, that's very in line with the energy of the North Node. There are changes happening right now. Um, Life is moving forward. And I think that when we look around the world and for a lot of people when they look around their own lives there are a lot of reasons to be um there are a lot of reasons to start to lose hope or to maybe fall into cynicism and i think one of the main things that this dragon card has come to tell us is that we have to remember to as much as we can kind of enjoy the ride and find joy in every possible place and um, to keep ourselves centered in love. All that we can really do is make sure that our actions come from a loving place and to make sure that we always have joy in our hearts because, I mean, what's the point of existing on this earth if we're not going to have joy in our hearts, right? So that's cool. And if you'd like to look at the image of the dragon or meditate on it, you can go to my website, francescamamlin.com, and I'll link the show notes in the little description of this podcast so that you can easily get to that. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about this eclipse. Um, The two things that are happening during this eclipse is uh, that I really wanna focus on are Mercury's conjunction with the sun and the saturn pluto conjunction so mercury's conjunction with the sun Um, you're going to hear me talking about this a lot during the course of this podcast because this is one of my passions in astrology within my passion of astrology um, this is another passion of mine Um, visible planet cycles so we all know that the moon has a cycle Um, Many of you may know that you can follow and work with the lunar cycle. This podcast follows and works with the lunar cycle. My whole life is basically structured around the cycles of the moon. But what a lot of people don't know is that all of the visible planets also have cycles. That is Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. And so, all of these visible planets have times, they have a new phase, just like a new moon. They have a full phase and they have um, rising and falling phases, like, or, you know, a lunar equivalent would be waxing and waning. And they have times when they're very bright in the sky and times when they are not in the sky. And if you follow the cycles of the visible planets, you can actually work with them, too. And you can, one of my favorite cycles to work with is actually the Mercury cycle because it's about 100 days, roughly. It it can vary a bit, um, but it's usually like 100 to 110 days. And that's a time frame that isn't overwhelmingly long, but you can get a lot done in 100 days. You can set a pretty big intention for a hundred days whereas the jupiter or sorry the venus cycle i believe is around 18 months you'll have to i'll have to check on that we'll have discussions on the venus cycle later on the mars cycle is two years and then the jupiter and saturn cycle are both roughly a year um a little bit more again i don't know the exact numbers but Right. And we just began a new Jupiter cycle on December 28th. And then on Monday, um, January 13th, we are beginning a new Saturn cycle. So, but if you're new to the visible planet cycles, I really recommend um, learning about the Mercury cycle. And right now, on the day of the lunar eclipse, Mercury is hitting his halfway point of his cycle so we're experiencing a full mercury basically and the cycle that it the cycle began on 11 11 2019 so think back to what was happening in your life November of 2019 specifically what ideas were you really excited about during um, the end of 2019 what what ideas kind of claimed you Um, and ask yourself if you did anything between november and today to set those ideas in motion do you want to because things are coming to sort of a climax here during this eclipse um, with the moon being on the north node um, and then also with this full mercury so Take some time to meditate on that and think about how that may be showing up in your life. Additionally, we have a Saturn-Pluto conjunction in Capricorn. And um, this conjunction is going exact in two days. I actually cannot believe that it has finally gotten here because if you're like me and you've been following astrology, you probably have been hearing about this conjunction for like the better part of a year. Um... (laughs) And now it's happening. And I actually think I'm going to be releasing a mini bonus episode about the Saturn-Pluto conjunction on Sunday, the day that it goes exact. Um, I'm like 90% sure I'm going to get that done. Otherwise, I'll like post something about it on Instagram to really go in depth about it. Um, Yeah, it's It's big. There are five outer planet conjunctions in 2020, um, and in case you don't know what a conjunction is, it's when two planets are in the exact same place in the sky from our perspective on Earth. And outer planet conjunctions are rare um, because they um, because the outer planets move very slowly. So. Um, Saturn and Pluto, they meet every 35 to 36 years. Jupiter and Pluto meet every 12 years and Saturn and Jupiter meet every 20 years. And those are the three outer planet conjunctions that are happening in 2020. Um, And we're going to be talking about those as they come. But this is the first of kind of a portal that we're entering of these outer planet conjunctions. And what these conjunctions are really speaking to for me is that they're this massive breaking down and rebuilding of the collective human dream. Um, And that starts with the Saturn-Pluto conjunction because Saturn is reality. It's structures, it's authority. um, It's kind of like the sign of fatherhood, it's father time. And Pluto is a slightly destructive force. It's um, really intense death rebirth cycles. It's alchemical permanent change. And basically what we're doing is we are breaking down those external cycles and we're going to be spending most of 2020 really building those back up. And we have to ask ourselves, Okay, now that all of these things are falling, falling, all of these these waves that we've been living are falling. Um, the way that we've built our world is is not in line with our planet Earth. The way that we've built our political systems and the way that we've set up our societies is um, detrimental to a lot of people. So. They have to go. And what is it that we're going to be building next? That's really the conversation that we're having in 2020. And astrology is not predictive. Um, so I really try to stray away from being predictive. But I'm going to sort of like walk that line right now. Because um, I'm feeling by December, we're going to be in December, we're going to be experiencing a Jupiter and Saturn conjunction in Aquarius after... Um, all of the other outer planet conjunctions are going to be in Capricorn. Then the very last one's in Aquarius. And I feel by December there's going to be this sense of being reborn as a collective. And hopefully we're going to feel like we're moving towards a better future for humanity. Aquarius is an idealistic sign. It's the sign of the future. It's the sign of innovation. Um I am an Aquarius, so I'm extremely optimistic. <laughs> um, the opportunity is there for us to move towards a better tomorrow, um, but it is something that we're going to have to work for. We're going to have to work hard this year to prepare ourselves um, so that we're ready to be reborn into that better future, which is why if you're on the planet during 2020, like there is no coasting. Like you got to do your part, there's no living life halfway. Um, and by that, I mean, like, are you at least doing your own healing work? Are you at least um, trying to be kind every day? And if you're able to, are you um, standing up for the things that you believe in in every way that you can? Uh, it's really important that we ask ourselves, what is it that I have to contribute Um because we need it this year we need everybody to contribute in every way that we can we're really at a turning point in 2020 um which is why i actually created a meditation uh to accompany this podcast episode and help you connect um with and work with the energy of this lunar eclipse and it's a meditation to connect with your ancestors um Ancestors can be a really great resource to strengthen your spiritual path and to provide you um, guidance and support just like living on this planet. Also healing your ancestral line is a way to heal the disconnect and disassociation that we are experiencing as a human collective. We're very disconnected from each other. We're very disconnected from our planet. And going back to our own roots um, is a way to sort of heal those severed cords, you know. And it's also a way for us to sort of trace back and be like, oh yeah, we're everybody's related. Everybody's connected. We're all one big family. So that's going to be in the show notes as well. If you would like to get that meditation, I'll have you join my email list because I'm going to be sending out a new meditation for every full moon. And like I said in the last episode, if you're somebody with the ability to vote anywhere, America, another democratic country, this is the year to make your voice heard. There are people who have fought and died and co- who continue to fight and die for the right to vote. Um, this is the year to pay attention to what's going on in the world and to let let um, the political systems know that you want a better future for this planet and for humanity. Because right now, there are a lot of people in the conversation who don't really seem to care <laughs> about a better future. There are people that have the power right now who seem to just care about their own profit and don't really care about the future generations or um, or the animals or plants who live on this planet along with us. And those of us who are on a path of compassion and love and who are seeking spiritual truths, we really need to get in there and say, you know what, like, we care about more. <laughs> we care about more than just the money and the economics and um, and the power. We care about harmony and peace and love, you know? Um, yeah, so you can do this through voting, demonstrating, engaging people in conversations, um, voting with your dollars, voting with your consumer habits, or through charitable giving. I'm not asking you to be perfect. I'm asking you to do what you can. Um, We need whatever it is that you can do. We need it. (laughs) We need it. Um, In the year of 2020, the election in the United States is going to be Probably one of, I, I'm, I, I really don't have a whole lot to back this up because US history has been so complicated, but I really think this is like the most important election in our history because just thinking about the stakes, if he ends up back in this office, the stakes are very, very high. Um, so I urge you to at least follow this election, get to know the candidates if you're an American, um, get to know the candidates If you are an American, donate to the candidate that inspires you. Oh my God, please vote. (laughs) Um, I'm going to be doing a series actually on this podcast. I feel like I have a lot of ideas for content for this podcast, so I hope I can actually produce it all. Um, But I would love to um, do a mini episode on each of the top candidates and talk about their astrology chart, talk about their own, the history of their lives, and what role I think they're playing in the history of this country and of the world. Because each of these candidates, whether or not they actually get the nomination, they are playing a part in the 2020 story and they're they're a significant part of this 2020 portal, so it's important to know who these people are. And um, I am going to be linking in the show notes a, a source that has all of the important dates for the 2020 USA presidential election so that you know when the debates are and when the primaries are, um, because you should definitely vote in the primary because there's a lot of primary candidates for the Democrats. All of that will be there for your reference. trouble. blown I would like to shift our conversation to the tarot um, for uh, a bit because, because the tarot is deeply connected to astrology and every astrological sign or planet is connected to a tarot card. And since this lunar eclipse is taking place at 20 degrees of Cancer, I want to spend some time exploring Cancer's tarot card which is the chariot. So if you have a tarot deck, you might wanna pull the chariot card out of the deck so that you can look at it um, as we talk about it. If you know nothing about tarot, that's totally fine. Like you're good. I'm gonna explain everything you need to know. You might wanna Google a picture of the chariot card. Like just pull out your phone, Google the chariot, go to images, um, and you will see a picture of it. I mean, tarot is a deeply visual art, so if you don't actually know what the picture is, if you can't like see it, then I feel like the experience is, uh, it might be kind of confusing. So um, the reason I really felt like talking about the chariot is again, um, we're kind of going back to I'm just really focusing on the United States, like as a spiritual entity in this episode, um, which I looked at the stats and I think most of the people listening to this podcast are actually in the United States. So hopefully you're finding this very relevant. Um, But the United States is a cancer. Um, The 4th of July happens during cancer season, which that is our birthday. And there's a lot of different um, ideas of what the United States' birth chart actually is um but i mean it's undisputed that the sun is in cancer because it's the 4th of july is our birthday basically it's the us's birthday um and that means the us is deeply connected to the chariot so let's talk about this card in my tarot deck for your reference i use the robin wood tarot which is very similar to the standard rider waite deck that pretty much Every tarot reader has a Rider Waite deck, except for me. Um, <laughs> but um, the Robin, the Robin Wood tarot is very, very similar, with like very slight deviations from the standard tarot. And the chariot, the chariot card. Um, on the card, there is an image of it seems to be a male figure, a man, um, and he is playing a muse, and he is riding a chariot. Um, and the chariot is covered in a fabric that has stars on it. And the, the fabric appears to be like flapping in the wind as if the chariot is moving really fast. Um, and on the front of the chariot is a yin-yang symbol. And it's being pulled by two unicorns in my deck. One of the unicorns is black and the other one is white. In the standard Rider Waite deck... Um, the, the two animals pulling the chariot are actually sphinxes, and I think that's the case for a lot of other tarot decks, um, and that fits, because the chariot is, um, it, uh, I mean, it talks about a lot of things, but the chariot, basically, when you bring it back to, like, the essence of the card, it's your ego, um your ego is the vehicle through which you navigate this world Um, and going back to that collective consciousness idea with Carl Jung and Joseph Campbell um, your ego is what separates you from the collective consciousness it's what makes you an individual expression Um, so the chariot like the chariot card is your ego literally the chariot itself um, is your ego and Sphinxes, I don't, I, I wish I knew a little bit more about sphinxes and mythology. Maybe that's something that I will research at some point and be able to share with you. Otherwise, you can like do your own research. But they have the head of a human in the body of a lion. So um, when I do tarot readings or when I do astrology readings with people, um, and whenever we get into discussions about ego, I always describe the ego as being kind of like a cat. <laughs> and it's, to me, it's like a perfect metaphor because cats can be, first of all, I love cats. Um, and I actually have a lot of love for the human ego. I think that the ego gets a bad rap, especially sometimes even in the spiritual community, like we immediately associate the ego with being bad. Um, but it's it's not necessarily bad. Um, in fact, we need it in order to survive um, <laughs> um and i don't I've, I've actually never really had a cat before I, I have a weird relationship with cats because i don't really understand how to interact with them and i feel like most cats hate me but anyway my perspective is that the ego is very similar to a cat because cats can be like really cuddly and cute one moment and then the next second they like decide to attack you that's been my experience of cats um, just that they're very temperamental and a little bit unpredictable, but they have what I see really going on is that um house cats uh they're very interesting because they are predatorial by instinct, but they're also these really small little beings um and they're very vulnerable uh they're they they have potential predators at as well like they have instincts of um, there are things that are larger than me that could hurt me, right? So they get scared easily. So like they kind of flip back and forth between between being like um, the chaser, like chasing little mice and bugs and stuff. But then they're like scared of, of cucumbers because they look like snakes. You know, they have that instinct of being prey as well. Um, this is your ego. It's this little animal that wants to be big and tough but really what it wants is safety um and tenderness and I don't know yeah and I believe that in mythology sphinxes have some kind of connection to the ego this is based on the one story that I know that has a sphinx in it which is Oedipus Rex um which maybe we'll discuss this another time I really don't think it's that relevant right now um but yeah sphinxes are part Cat basically, part lion and part human. They're literally like a human ego. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully I'm not too incorrect when it comes to the way I think about Sphinxes. But what we're seeing portrayed in the chariot is actually an incredibly delicate situation. Cause what you're seeing is you're seeing this high-speed vehicle and it's being pulled by two animals, and the animals are looking in opposite directions. So when you, so like try to imagine this, like you're, you're riding in this, you know, vehicle that's being pulled by two horses and they're going, and it's going incredibly fast. If one horse darts off in the wrong direction or even like deviates a little bit, the whole thing's coming apart. (laughs) Um, and I feel like, when I describe the chariot, I'm literally describing the United States, because our entire history has been this delicate balance between two polarized views. Um, it's always been about the other in the United States. There's always been this divide right down the middle. And our entire history has been this balance Um has been this incredibly delicate situation where any where it could just, like, come apart at any time. And there have been times in history when our chariot has fallen apart, where we have fallen off of our chariot. Um, and the chariot's a very, um, it's a very interesting part of the journey through the major arcana. So for those of you who are not familiar with tarot, again, um, the tarot is basically cycles. So when you get a tarot reading, basically what the tarot cards are telling you is where are you currently in your life on these like big cycles. So like you've got the the big cycle of the major arcana, which has 21 cards. I'm not counting the full because the full goes through the major arcana Um, and it's a it's a process. You move from the magician to the world, through all twenty one archetypes, and then you go back to the magician. Um, it's this big s- cycle, just like astrology is, and then you've got the smaller cycles of the wand suit, the pentacles suit, the cup suit, and the swords or yeah, the sword suit. So in the book 78 Degrees of Wisdom, which is like a staple reading for anybody who studies the tarot, you can basically take the major arcana and divide it into three lines, the lifeline, the death line, and the rebirth line. So in um, the light, in the chariot is the very last card in the lifeline. So it's the part of the tarot journey when you actually master the art of Life, um, and it, it's when you are able to balance your unconscious and your ego, um, and you're able to like basically function in the human world. But it's not complete spiritual enlightenment. It is a state of control that takes a lot of effort to maintain. Some people um, live their entire life in the chariot, like they get through. All of the first seven cards of of the Lifeline in the Major Arcana, and they go through the process of like figuring out who they are as a as like a human, um, and figure out how to function in the human world, and then they just spend their whole lives maintaining that control. And in order to actually achieve um, spiritual development, you have to fall off the chariot. You have to fall. Um, Your chariot has to come apart and then you move into strength, which is the first card in the death line. And it's the point where you actually face and tame your ego and you begin the process of coming into a deeper peace. And you will move through, a human being can move through the different cycles of the tarot many, many times. So you can fall off many many chariots through the course of your life and larger entities like nations (laughs) they can fall off chariots thousands of times throughout the course of history and every time you come back stronger because every time you're forced to actually look at your ego and actually look at your shadow and go through that whole death process and um an example of this would be the civil war um the Civil War was awful. (laughs) It was so awful. So many people died and it was a point where the United States was possibly not going to be the United States anymore. But we came back um, as a nation that did not own slaves. And that was something that had to happen. Like we just couldn't move forward. As a nation built upon the ideas of liberty and equality and own slit and and have people owning slaves like it's just no um and i think that's really important to remember i think we actually are in a point where the chariot's coming apart again and um i'm going to go a little deeper into that why i think that na- um in a minute um but I think as the chariot falls apart and as we have to go through that process, we have to remember that there's the opportunity to come back a stronger nation and to come back um, with a deeper embodiment of the values that the framers of the Constitution and the founders of this country had in their hearts as they were building this nation. And we have the opportunity to not only create a better future for ourselves, but even lead the world into a better future. Um, I've been doing a lot of reflecting on the astrology of the United States, so I would like to talk, um, I'd like to go a little deeper into what I have learned. Um, If you are slightly newer to astrology, Some of this might be a little bit overwhelming for you, um, (laughs) but I urge you to just understand whatever it is you understand, and if there's something that's confusing you, then that's fine. Eventually it'll make sense to you. You have a lot of time um, to process this stuff because I'm talking about big historical cycles. but I really believe that the United States is a unique country. And I'm not, I, I mean, I probably am saying that because I'm American. Um, I think there's a reason my soul chose to be born in the United States. And I have a deep affinity for my country, despite the fact that I can see, well, not despite the fact, I can see all of the flaws in all of the, all of the ways and all of the reasons I have to be embarrassed to be an American, I have been embarrassed to be an American, but um, I have really been cultivating a love and respect for my country over the past few years um, and a, a really deep desire to see us embody the mission of, of the founders of this country basically. America has a really unique role in history because um, it's we were founded during the scientific revolution and during the enlightenment and we're really guided by science and technology and innovation and everybody having the freedom to create a better future for themselves and for the rest of the world people have been coming to america for centuries in hopes of um taking advantage of personal freedom and liberty and basically like living out their dreams. I know that my ancestors fought really hard to come here and a lot of people fought really hard to come here. And I just wanna see that mission come into fruition basically. So let's talk about um, what's happening Astrologically, for the United States in the next decade or so, I just want to say um, there's this astrologer that I follow. Her name is Molly McCord. She has been posting a video series about um, the astrology of the United States, and I will link to this in the show notes if you want to see her perspective on all of this stuff. But um, basically, in the 2020s, the United States is going to be experiencing a series of planetary returns. Um, and a planetary return is something that every human experiences um, on a smaller scale. And, and, and um, yeah, let me just explain what a planetary return is. So <laughs> in your lifetime, you're going to experience a lun- like lunar returns, solar returns, Mercury returns, Venus returns, Mars returns. Um, Though These are really common. These happen like every year or so. Um, Mars happens every two years. Um, Some of them are less common and they mark big milestones in your life. So you'll have a Jupiter return when you are 12, another one when you're 24, another one when you're 36, and so forth every 12 years. You have a Saturn return every 30 years. Um, The Saturn return is kind of a big um, topic on social media. Um, It's it's that point in your late 20s to early 30s when you start to really solidify as an adult um, and sometimes people can find Saturn Returns very painful um, and difficult. So like they get a bad rap, but we'll have to talk deeper about Saturn Returns later. I haven't even had mine yet, so like I don't even know if I can speak to it, but <laughs> um, Anyway, and when you're in your 50s, you'll have a Chiron return and then you'll have a Uranus opposition um, in the middle of your life as well. And those are what you're going to experience during human lifetime. Um, Countries are larger entities and they have larger life cycles than people. So they experience very large planetary returns. They experience a Uranus, Neptune and Pluto return on, you know, scales of hundreds of years. So in the 2020s, the US is going to have its very first Pluto return, because Pluto takes 248 years to move through the Zodiac. And this is going to happen February of 2022. And this is going to be like a huge transformative death-rebirth cycle, alchemical change, um, we're already starting to feel this because Pluto moves very slowly. It's already very, very close to, um, being in its return position. And just, just to clarify, a planetary return is basically when, um, like you, when you're born a planet w- like I have my Jupiter at 12 degrees of Sagittarius, and then 12 years later, Jupiter goes back to 12 degrees of Sagittarius, um, so it returns to the position that was in, that it was in when you were born. Um, so that's basically what's happening. Pluto is returning. Pluto is returning to the exact place that it was when when the Declaration of Independence was signed, which is 27 degrees of Capricorn. We will be the United States will be experiencing its Chiron return April of 2024. This um, it, again, if I can walk the line of like being a predictive astrologer, I'm seeing this as sort of the rise of the peaceful warrior, um, because we have our Chiron and Aries. So there's this sense of Chiron is the um, wounded healer, teacher archetype of the zodiac. So there's this there's this sense of taking. Um, the painful lessons and applying them to fight um to fight for justice the way that like peaceful warrior archetypes are kind of are like gandhi had his chiron in aries um so i'm feeling that kind of energy for the chiron return the uranus return will be july of 2027 uranus is the ruler of aquarius it's about new beginnings it's a it's the planet of innovation and technology so there's like this sense of like really like who god knows what is going to be what the world is going to look like in 2027 we're probably going to be like living on mars by then um <laughs> based on Elon Musk's plans for the future. Um so there's this like sense of like there's going to be like real like like a new almost like a new another new world, you know. Um yeah, that'll be in, that that's something that I'll have to dive deeper into and report back. We are experiencing a Neptune opposition in 2021. So this is different from a return. This is when Neptune is directly opposite where it was um, when the United States was born. So we have our natal Neptune in Virgo and Neptune is going, is in Pisces now. So it's directly opposite where it was at the signing of the Declaration of Independence. I hope this makes sense. And um, the last time we had a Neptune opposition was actually... um, I believe this was the last time. If I'm wrong, I'll correct myself later. Um, The last time was the Civil War. (laughs) You know, like we were talking about, I actually talked about um, the Civil War in both episodes of this podcast already. Um, It was this time of deep division and um, kind of chaos and confusion. Whenever Neptune transits happen, Neptune can can bring some confusion and um what i think is going to be coming up with this neptune opposition um because we have our natal neptune in virgo and virgo is very much connected to health and um neptune is is connected to compassion what i think is really going to be coming up is um questions around um we live the united states is a nation with a very big economy and a lot of resources and yet um A large majority of our citizens are dying just because they can't afford health care. And I think that um, there's going to be a push to really confront that and solve that. And I also think that this Neptune opposition is going to bring um, some chaos that's going to force us to really um, face the deep political idealistic divides that we have in this country because Neptune is a planet of ideals and beliefs. So there's gonna be a lot of conversation around that. And this is, out of all of the big transits that are happening in the 2020s, the Neptune opposition is up first. This is the one that we're really exploring first and then we'll have our Pluto return. um, And then we'll go through the rest of the decade. This is gonna be a big decade. yeah, it's rare to have so many outer planet returns in such a short period of time. Yeah, I don't want to make predictions, but because history, because um, the future is never set in stone, but we, and we work with the planets to write our story, but there is going to be a hell of a story to write over the next decade, whether you're an American or whether, whatever part of the world that you live in, like you're still participating in this conversation. Um Yeah, the USA just has such a unique position in the world. And from a spiritual perspective, I'm just beginning to understand our fall from the chariot is an an initiation, not just for us, um, but for the whole world. So yeah, spend some time in reflection today. Think about how you want to be returning to your heart in this year of 2020. What are the ways that you are blocking up or closing your heart? This is going to be a really special year. Even though the first 10 days have been so insane on a global scale. um, I'm really grateful to be on this planet with all of you and to be practicing my astrology, living my life, and, you know, being a part of this big, giant human family. And it is my hope that in the next year, in the next many, many years, I can be of service to all of you and to humanity um, because I love earth and I love humans and I love animals. And I just want us to take the challenges ahead and go at them with the knowing that we are capable of writing, of of writing and rewriting the human story in an empowering, and loving way, and reminder I have recorded a meditation for you to, to work with um, on this lunar eclipse or later, <laughs> whenever you want to do it. Um, to access it, you go to the show notes um, and click the link. Um, to take you. I'm going to have you join my email list because I'm sending out a new meditation each full moon. Something that I really want to do with this podcast is bring people together um, to focus on the important themes and topics in the world from a spiritual perspective. Align your own healing work with the collective so that we can all become in tune with each other so that we can all become connected with each other again. And because Cancer has a connection to the family lineage, I thought that this would just be a great opportunity to um, offer a practice to help you connect with your ancestors. Call in on those who came before us so that we can bring the wisdom of the past into the present so that we can write the future. And I will be back this weekend hopefully with a mini bonus episode with a mini bonus episode on the Saturn Pluto conjunction until then thank you for listening to this episode thank you for being thank you for being on this journey with me and I hope you have a beautiful eclipse day bye for now
1: to the world.